Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. And uh, the webpage, dedicated webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. RoyGreenShow.com. You can go back there and listen back to anything that we air. And you can download from the podcasts and read my blog pieces on RoyGreenShow.com. And isn't it wonderful when computers start to work? The last half hour, I've been battling this uh, screen on my left. It's been sitting staring at me blankly. And now suddenly, it's working. I have no idea why, but it's perfectly fine. Joshua Boyle, the man whose excursion into Afghanistan seems rather strange, took his eight-month pregnant wife hiking in Afghanistan and was kidnapped by, we're not sure who, sure who Taliban, he says. And uh, then he and his wife, Caitlin, had uh, several more children. And according to Boyle, his conversations with the Taliban seemed more like he was in control than they were in control because he'd instruct them, he said, on how to pray. That was in the McLean's article and uh, an, an interview that he gave. Then there was that rather unusual meeting between Mr. Boyle, his wife, their kids, and the Prime Minister of Canada, the Prime Minister who doesn't meet with other Canadians who've been victimized by terrorism but bounced Mr. Boyle's baby on his knee. Strange stuff going on. Now Joshua Boyle is facing additional criminal charges. He's been in jail facing charges. Now there are more, including sexual assault with ropes, and criminal harassment. Scott Newark, former Alberta Crown Attorney, Executive Officer with the Canadian Police Association and Security Advisor to the Governments of Canada and Ontario, Adjunct Professor at Simon Fraser University, joins us. Scott, what do we make of this? What's going on in this case? Now we have new charges. What? Can you lay this out? Can you understand it? Yeah, well, I think this is uh, pretty much like uh, we actually uh, spoke uh, the last time about this case. Uh, this guy has still not entered a plea. Uh, there's been no application for bail. It turns out now that the latest adjournment is going to be another two months, so that's going to be like three months without any of that being done. As I say, when we last spoke with this, my sense was that what was coming here was likely some kind of a case resolution plea bargain. And as it turns out, this uh, latest appearance, uh, his lawyers had actually... Uh, you know, gee, what a surprise. Uh, they did a, uh, g- got a psych assessment done on him to see if he was fit to stand trial. 
uh, and it turns out he was, but they go to court after having a meeting, a pretrial meeting, even though he hasn't entered a plea, uh, to uh, say, well, we'd like to get a full psych assessment, please, so could we please have him remanded for two months in order for that to be done. Um, I'll just give you my uh, perspective. Yeah, you don't get psych assessments uh, if you're planning on disputing the facts. Uh, so I think what is coming here is some kind of ultimate uh, case uh, resolution. But it struck me as particularly um, uh, interesting, if you will, that uh, you know that they actually went, his lawyers actually went to the point of seeing whether he was fit to stand to, uh, to even stand trial. Whereas a matter of a couple of weeks before that, uh, he was apparently fit enough to have a meeting with the prime minister. Weird. It, it is. It is. It is beyond weird. It is really. Beyond weird, how, how do you how do you fit uh, how do you fit that, that meeting with Justin Trudeau into into the big picture? Or, or, you, you can't. It doesn't well, it doesn't you know, make any it's sense. It's funny. There's been some there's been good media reporting about this, and one of the uh, editorials I think was in the the Sun made the point that they thought, oh, they're asking for this psych assessment so they can say that he's uh, not criminally responsible. No, no, I got so that. Yeah, it was insane. Now it's called not criminally responsible. Yeah. I'll tell you something. If uh, if that is the case, I don't think it is. But if that w- it turns out to be the case, I've had cases before as a prosecutor on that, uh, and that's what they're saying is that he was not criminally responsible at the time because he was, you know, uh, insane. Uh, what you would do in rebuttal of that is you'd call evidence of people who had interactions with him. So, you know, I'd certainly call his parents. And who was that other guy that he met with over there? Oh, yeah, what was his name? Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. You're Mr. A Trudeau. So, I mean, wouldn't the prime minister, wouldn't it be logical to assume that, that, that if the man is unstable, well, that our prime minister have would have picked up on that? Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I say, I mean, I think what is coming here is ultimately some kind of uh, plea resolution. The new charges, they just really replaced it. It sounds like maybe they've had a more thorough interview. One little piece that is interesting, the original set of charges had uh, two alleged victims, one being a child. That charge has since been dropped and has now been replaced. There's a single victim for all 19 counts, and it looks like there might be some sort of piling on some multiple counts arising out of you know a, a single incident. But it sounds like they've essentially got more thorough information from the uh, the person that is the complainant and uh, replaced the uh, the charges with this larger group. I had to hesitate to ask, but what is sexual assault with a rope? Um, you know, if, for example, you're engaging in what is a sexual assault, that is sexual contact without consent, and say, for example, you're hitting the person with a rope, that would constitute sexual assault with a weapon, in this case being a rope. All right, so if there is a deal made... What kind of deal would possibly be offered in a situation like this? A couple of things about this. And, I mean, in fairness, this will mean that by the time, let's say that it happens when he comes back to court at the end of March, this will mean that he will have spent uh, three months in pretrial custody. It is entirely appropriate that he be given credit for that. I don't normally agree with it because it usually applies to repeat offenders. This is a guy without a previous criminal record, so it's entirely appropriate he get credit for that. It is also appropriate that he be given, or the court at least take into account, the impact um, on his behaviors of what his previous five years have been. It's not an excuse, but it's obviously something that's relevant. Although, as I was explaining to one friend, um, I hope that uh, if, you know, for example, they give him, say, for, uh, what's called a conditional sentence, which is really like sort of quotation marks, home imprisonment, I just hope that if they do that, that they also include... Uh, mandatory participation in the uh, the new OUTA program. 
Yeah, Mr. Trudeau's favorite. You know what that is? Yeah, that isn't that for the ISIS types? No. Oh. OTA? Oh, one-way go, go ticket go. to Afghanistan. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Scott. <laughs> um, Mr. Boyle also has that history with the Cotter family. Yep. And for many Canadians, there's the cut-and-dried aspect of court cases. There's the law that is applied, the charges that are laid, and the negotiations perhaps for plea deal. And then there's the cut-and-dried thrust of the, of, the, of the courtroom, except when you were in the courtroom, then nobody knew what the hell was going to happen. Um, but, except me. Except, except you, of course. Except, you know, that's why they hated to go into court with Mr. New York. But in all of this, is there... This is what people want to know. Is there anything lurking in the on the in the in the shadows that might scream um, payment for government not having done this job for me? Um, I don't think so. Uh, simply because the history, I was aware of this case and followed it a little bit. There really was not a particularly uh, direct Canadian involvement, or even the request for Canadian involvement, in large measure, I think, because of what you described in your introduction to this, uh, his uh, unusual behavior with the uh, Haqqani group that were holding them hostage. Um, I don't think so, but I have to tell you, I also uh, was flabbergasted when uh, the Prime Minister, just behind closed doors without telling anybody and still refusing to explain why, gave Omar Khadr $10.5 million. So I don't think that's likely going to happen, but... You know, you never know. So not directly a precedent, but if it turned out to be a precedent of sorts, we shouldn't be hugely surprised. Well, I think that more than anything else, and it's true about the the Qatar payoff, it's true about the Almalki payoff, I think Canadians have a right to know why it is that our government is doing this. And that's what the Prime Minister has refused all along to uh, to do, to tell people why he actually do it. I mean, he does that, oh, I'm as outraged as you are, then why did you do it? Yeah. Give us the legal opinion that you based your decision on. I don't think that it is the government. I think it's him. I know that it, I know his caucus lines up behind him, but I tweeted earlier this week, and I truly believe that if you were to take all the liberal members of Parliament and all of the liberals in the independent Senate, and you were to talk to them independently in a, in a room without recording devices, and you were to say, do you really agree with this? Yeah. You know, it is interesting, too, if you remember, uh, the information about the payoff to Omar Khadr was leaked to the media by somebody inside government. Mm-hmm. And then they, won- they were going after that, that whistleblower. They were going, the government yeah. was going to go after him and teach him not to do that. Yeah. So it's, it's I, I am more concerned about the lack of transparency and accountability about this. Look, we elect governments to make decisions, but we're also entitled to hold them to account for the decisions that they make and yep. the reasons why they... Uh, make those decisions, and it's the refusal to pro- provide that information that I think is the most disturbing. All right, great talking to you, Scott. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Scott New York, former Crown Attorney and uh, former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association on Joshua Boyle. Mr. Boyle now faces additional charges. I have a feeling that he's just going to end up walking. He's just going to end up walking. I just still want to know what was going on between Trudeau and Boyle. And why did Boyle say that in 2006 there had been a meeting between him and Trudeau and there had been some 
mutually uh, interesting situations or mutually of interest. What's that about? When we come back, it's a frightening story, but one you can't ignore. Stay with us.